previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. We call them fun, <laughs> dumb questions, but we've realized on this list, there's just so many that yeah. they're just not all that way. And she leans to more towards the serious. Mm-hmm. And then I get us back on track by asking things like crunchy or smooth peanut butter. <laughs> smooth because I'm not a psychopath. Thank you. <laughs> Roxy, this is for you. Is it? This is all for you, Roxy. What? For me? Celebration. For right. what? So we're going we're gonna to fade this out before we get into too much trouble here. Welcome to the Loyal Littles Podcast. Roxy, you won fantasy football this week. I did. We're celebrating right. Roxy's big win on the Loyal Littles Podcast. I won by a nose. She's <laughs> spelled... <laughs> <laughs> N-O-S-E. No, you were 0-5, I think? Yeah. Yeah, she's now 1-5. You know, it's funny. Before this weekend's games, I was really... At that point, I was hoping, you know what? Wouldn't it be cool to be the person that loses every week? That's true. You did say that. I remember you saying and that. And then I won one. Yeah, so she was like, <laughs> I think I'm just going to try to lose every week from here on out. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you don't want to do but that. Like, not but necessarily try, just expect. No, right. Because... I have Tom Brady, and that's pretty much well, it. Well, look, the team gave me fifty points the other week. I know that's what I said. That's you know, I, I have to give credit where credits due. Like I said, I've said this. I still think you could have got him in the third round with no problems, but I not mean, after all the talk I maybe. was giving. But if a quarterback's going to give you a fifty points, and I know that's not going to be a norm, right? But I mean, come on, you right. got, you, that's worth a first round pick. Yeah, I mean for sure. Yeah. But anyway, so we have something to discuss about this, and I, I for one, am proud of you, Roxy. You didn't take my advice. You stuck with your team. You went with the starters. And what do I mean by this is, here's the thing. So she was done Sunday. You had more points, barely, by a nose. Yeah. But he had no players going. Right. So you had one more player to go. Yeah. And I immediately was like. For Monday. Right, for Monday. So I was like, bench him. Bench him. Get him off your roster because, Mm -hmm. you know, God forbid he gets negative points. And that's why I also thought it was funny about everyone pronouncing you the victor. Because before, before I still had a game to play. Well, maybe they were thinking like you won't be an idiot and you won't bench them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why listen, would you? Why I picked wouldn't Tom you? Brady in the first round, so like, yeah. you, sh- you shouldn't put it past me to not bench somebody. But I am for one proud because you stuck with your team, you stayed with the team, you just kept all the starters in because you didn't want it to be tainted. This one right. win, you know, hopefully it's more to come. Hopefully. But you didn't want this win to be tainted. Maybe down the road you would be strategic like that and start benching players and things like that. I was concerned. Well, I should. If I didn't open my mouth though, you wouldn't have even thought of that, would you? No, I w- I was thinking it. Oh, because you I always get so like, angry when people get well, negative no, because points. every every Sunday I'm looking at my <laughs> app like. 25 times a game. And Littles or Patrick, you've created a monster. I'm just <laughs> and saying. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I still have somebody to play tomorrow or play. This was on Sunday. I still have someone to play on Monday night because I see this happen. I'm seeing this happen all the time. What if they get negative points? Does that then get deducted from my score? And then I could potentially lose. I don't know what to do here. Can we go into, though, what goes on Sunday afternoon when I'm trying to work? I'm doing a show. <laughs> and I'm like, why can't I put a quarterback in my flex? Yeah, she's asking <laughs> questions like she's perturbed that she can't put her benched quarterback on. <laughs> Who's Carson Wentz, who was supposed flex. to score, I think, 20-something points. And I'm in the middle of a show. I'm working. <laughs> okay, I get that that's your one day off a week. 
But I'm sitting there Get trying, your priorities straight, trying to do my job doing a show here. And I, my phone's like exploding because it's, <laughs> you know, during the one, two, three o'clock hour when all the main games are going on. And she's I'm learning. I'm well, learning, folks. But you're just angry. You, you get so angry when someone doesn't perform well and whatnot. And yeah. then, oh my gosh, for, you know, negative points, forget about it. And then you were trying to be sneaky and throw the extra quarterback <laughs> in the flex spot. And it wouldn't let her. And she's upset. <laughs> so anyway, it's a good time, though. I'm glad you're getting into it. Yep. I'm so happy you finally got your first win. Thank you. I'm treading water. We won't go into me. This is all about you this week. <laughs> And yeah, so let's get into the show though, Roxy. We've got some emails and messages to get to. Uh, I'm I'm not even sure where to start. I think it's just an exciting week for you all around because The Bachelorette is back. Yes. Okay. Yes. The Bachelorette premieres tonight, I believe, right? Yes. Okay. So this is exciting on a new level, not for me, but for you. For me. And it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be be a good time. We'll do what we've normally done. We won't do it every week. We Uh won't do week updates every week, but we've got to make sure, or I'm assuming Simon's going to be in on this. And because yeah, uh, he's, yeah. he's a hardcore watcher, too. So yep. we'll see his thoughts yep. and stuff like that. We thought he was going to be with us today, but he didn't want to be the Simon. third wheel. So he's Simon. like, you know, no, no third wheel today. Anyway, so we're excited for that. Mm-hmm. And we're also excited for other things, which let's go into. We heard from Mike Wolf. Now, we met him at Summer Littles, right? We did. That was exciting. Yep. So we have to get him get to him meet the Littles. The we have to yeah. meet, meet the Littles. I mean, we met him in person, so Come that's on. even better. But he wrote in, and based on last episode, we were talking about the uh, Friday Five, and it was what the worst spinoffs were, yeah. and I said that 80 show. Right. Well, he said that 70 show spinoff that Chuck was looking for. There was an article in the Times, and I forgot. I did know about this, actually, but I didn't know the details. That 70s show spinoff, that 90s show with Kurtwood Smith and Deborah Jo Rupp has been ordered by Netflix. Now, I had known mm-hmm. about this, but I completely forgot about it because otherwise mm-hmm. I would have mentioned it in the last episode. Now, this isn't exactly getting what I want, though, Mike, because I really want an 80s show with this cast, not yeah. a 90s show. Right. But you might like it because you grew up in the 90s, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So it basically, they've given the formal series green light. I think they're going to do 10 episodes to mm-hmm. test it out. And it's basically the mother, father are back. And they're going to have some of the kids as yeah. guest appearances throughout the show. Yep. But they're not going to be regulars. Now, the premise, though, is Eric and Donna, they got together, they got married, and they had kids, yep. and their kids come to visit grandma and grandpa mm. in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it's based on, but I'm sure we'll see them as guests, yeah. you know, because they're the parents. And then I think they even said Ashton Kushner might come on for a quick appearance, that kind of thing. Ashton Kutcher. What did I say? Kushner. Kushner? Ashton Kusher. Kutcher. Kutcher? Think like Kevin Malone. It's not Ashton Kutcher, it's Kevin Malone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, put put those emails away, Littles. We already got that one covered. Sorry, it's been a day. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I butchered another one. I love it. Okay, but at least we don't have to... <laughs> you saved the I Littles. I saved you. You saved the Littles. I saved you all time. Roxy to the rescue. All right. <laughs> Here's the funny thing is, I didn't even hear that. Yeah. I didn't even hear me say it. I know. That's the that's the hard you thing. I don't listen is? to myself speak sometimes. You know what it is? You're, you've got so much in your brain, and you talk so fast sometimes that your brain can't catch up. Okay. It's okay. All right. It happens. I hope so. Anyway. It happens to me, too. All right. So then we heard from Bobby Godfrey. We, heard a co- we had a couple messages from him, and he says, Finally finished the last podcast episode. Had no idea Roxy was such a big Star Wars fan. This makes me very happy. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> Have you watched the cartoons? Clone Wars, Rebels, Bad Batch? She's shaking her head. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Did you guys ever finish The Mandalorian? The Manda what? 
No, I th- we Oh, got, you mean that thing that Chuck into, spoiled on us? We got, I think, five episodes in, and then, I don't know, no, something more happened. more than that. Really? Yeah, Chuck spoiled it. Oh, right, because we thought it was Baby Yoda, because Everyone everyone's agreed. calling it Baby Yoda, but and it's not actually Baby Yoda, because apparently it takes place after. Well, but the, in his defense, the Littles had spoken. The yes. Littles have spoke. Yes. They're saying it was not a spoiler. Right. We felt otherwise, and I, yeah, we just kind of like lost... I don't want to say interest. I do but have to say the Mandalorian's voice is hot. And I did go back to work. That's that's my reasoning. I don't know yeah. what Roxy's excuse is, but that's my excuse. Then he also said, shocked at Crunchy Rugger, that's Rick Sharp, <laughs> didn't use Roxy's favorite word to describe his alma mater, the American <laughs> University. Uh, Bobby, <laughs> shh. Don't tell anyone. Shh. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> And then, Roxy, we, we actually heard from John Miller. Now, we hope he doesn't mind us reading this on the air. He sent this to, I think, one of our private accounts. But yeah. I thought it was worthy because we love when this happens, mm-hmm. just out of the blue. Yep. And we haven't heard from John in a long time. So we were thrilled to hear from John Miller. Yep. Have you ever listened to the Moody Blues Days of the Future past album? I know you're not a choreographer, but so many songs on that album could be put to a ballet. I have often thought that ever since I watched my daughter in The Nutcracker. I know that's out of left field. Speaking of field, go Sox. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to read that one on the air. Yeah. I have to revisit that. I'm sure I used to listen to a lot of Moody Blues. Yeah. But I don't can't say I know exactly which ones mm-hmm. he's talking about. So mm-hmm. I'll have to revisit that. Roxy, someone sent us a picture of a Subaru with a loyal little sticker on it. That just made my week. <laughs> that's all I can say there. And then finally, we heard from Cool Aunt Claire. Yes. And you have this one, right? Yes. Okay. She says... I continue to be amazed that we can still get original nuances in the over-under debate. Now, she's referring to our last episode. (laughs) Now, wait for it, Littles. We're coming up with Meet the Littles, and let's just say this brought it to a new level. Yeah. So, spoiler alert, we do ask that question. Yes. So, stick around. for. Definitely make sure you stick around for the end of the interview. You want to hear the answer. We want to hear the answer to this. (laughs) And actually, we might have a new theory we're going to need your help. We're going to need to hear from the Littles. Yep. We're going to need you to email us in. Right. There might be a scientific study involved. <laughs> With a hypothesis and everything. So how's that for a teaser? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with... Meet the Littles. This is Sully from Boston. Never revere. And you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Love's all around the joy of sound that's beckoning me. I've come to the strings, my voice fails me on expressing these things. Life breaks us down, but oh, I'm strong. We are being played in this episode by a band called Rock Island. And they're based out of Enid, Oklahoma, and this song is called Theater, and it is written and produced by Evan Parrish. Now, this is kind of exciting, Littles. We're getting a sneak peek of this song because it won't be available everywhere until November 5th. But we're getting it here on the Loyal Littles podcast first, and if you like what you hear, you can head on over to Bandcamp or SoundCloud and just search Rock Island, and all the information will be there on how to get your own copy. They also have a YouTube channel, so you can head on over there to see some of their other stuff. Just search Rock Island. And as always, we'll play the full song, Theater, 
at the end of the podcast. There's a fire that comes back like a heart attack To be strong, to be brave It's what gets me past I know It's all for show All right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And we are very excited, Roxy, for this one. Please welcome to the podcast, Joe Mahan. Hey, Joe, how's it going? Hey, how are you? It's great. Going great. We're good. Now, Littles, just we feel like we think we got it all out of our systems. We just literally spent the last 15 minutes getting to know each other and we got all our Red Sox <laughs> talk out of the way because <laughs> we discovered that we he, understand not all the Littles are Red Sox fans, right. unfortunately. So we hopefully so. got that all out. <laughs> so we won't bore you too much with that, but we'll get there in a second. Joe, I know you've heard a bunch of our episodes. So as you know, we just turn it over to you. Why don't you take a quick second, introduce yourself to all the loyal Littles out there. Sure. Happy to. Joe Mahan, as I said, uh, or Mahan. Uh, Mr. Tony has pronounced it both ways, so I'm not sure which is the right way. I also had a professor in college that told me I pronounced my name wrong, so I've been a little scarred since then. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The nerve. Well, just that sort of derails the the intro part, but he, uh, he said, you know, taking role, he said, Joe Mahan, and I automatically corrected him to Mahan. He goes, no, it's not, because he was a history professor, and it, 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 Professor Hill, I, I think I don't think he's any longer with us, so I can say that, but I can out him, if you will. But yeah, he's, apparently there was a secretary of the Navy named Alfred Thayer Mahan, so I pronounced my name incorrectly. Um, oh. Needless to say, Professor Hill and I never saw eye to eye after that. <laughs> well, that's um, understandable. And, right. Yeah, and so that class is behind me. Anyway, if yeah, I so may, it, real quick, I mean, seriously, yeah. I, for the littles that have never come on to do our podcast, we usually do this little disclaimer at the beginning where we ask the people just because I want them to know and you're being recorded, you're doing a podcast, but we just want to make sure that they know. And so we have you say your name. And part of that's so that's it. That's so I'll know how to pronounce your name. And that's Chuck here will still screw it up. I'll still butcher it sometimes, but I think I got yours right. No, but wasn't it? You did. Didn't okay. I? tell you that that's how you know how to pronounce the Probably. person's name oh. recently oh sorry i didn't give roxy full credit <laughs> behind every great man absolutely there's a roxy yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> all right so let's get back to you now that we know how to pronounce your name and right that your history and teacher was a jerk yeah okay. well, yes he was so where did you grow up uh, so i grew up outside of boston so i am a mass hole through and through <laughs> Um, shout out to Sully and, and all of the other uh, Boston area Massholes. Yes, I did not grow up in Boston proper, but on the South Shore. Okay. Uh, Weymouth was the town. Okay. Uh, a little bit, about 20 minutes south of Boston on the way to Cape Cod. I mean, everything is 20 minutes away from Boston. Right. That's, it, is it, that's isn't what, it, though? Although, that's what my yeah. dad said, but I'm sorry. It's more like 40, 50 minutes. Well, we try. Yes, I think, I think back in the 1800s, it might have been 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Perhaps. Right. But since, since the big dig, forget about it. It's, uh, you know, yeah. everything takes longer. So I grew up there, you know, Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins, Celtics, et cetera, et cetera. Moved away to, to college, went down to, to school in D.C., George Washington University. And after that, had sort of a winding road, it's like everybody has, I guess. But I went to school, thought I was going to be in government. And then I lived in D.C. for four years and mm-hmm. said, forget about it. That's not <laughs> going to work anymore. Uh, <laughs> I was there in the first Clinton administration, last half of the older Bush and, mm-hmm. and, and first part of the Clinton administration. So that was enough to get me away from politics. Yeah. And moved to the Midwest for grad school and bounced around there a little bit. Moved to Chicago, all that while being a, a college volleyball coach. That was the first 10 years of my life out of school. Whoa. 
it was pretty fun. I played volleyball in high school and college and made my way, got a coaching opportunity at a, at a school in the Midwest and went from there and thought that's what I was going to do for life and did that for about 10 years and realized that, you know, if you're moving around every three or four years, it's not really a, a life I wanted to have. So my last coaching job was back in Maryland. I moved back to the East Coast in the D.C. area. And then I went back to grad school, went back for my PhD and because I had started teaching. I uh, started teaching sport marketing while I was a coach and went back for a PhD in sport marketing at University of Maryland and got that. And, and I've been a professor ever since, since 2008, when I got my PhD. Uh, I'm now at uh, Temple University in Philadelphia. Wow. And that's sort of the quick and dirty thumbnail sketch of Joe Mahan or Mahan, depending on how you look at it. And I take it you have not corrected a, a student on how they pronounce their name. I do not, nor do I correct them on how to pronounce my name. Okay. Um, I actually just go by Dr. M okay. because it's not a hard name. No. It's five letters. It's not that. But I hear, I've heard Mahan, I've heard Mahan. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a colleague who's been my colleague for a number of years and still calls me Mahan and have not corrected that person once and won't because I also know they won't listen to the podcast. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they can go ahead and continue in their uh, list. Of yeah. So it's been, you know, I thought I was going to be in college coach for my whole life. And then I became an athletic director at the tail end there and figured that uh, there was much more stability in higher education than there was in coaching. My daughter was born and I kind of missed first year or so of her life being on the road and recruiting and things. So um, it's been professoring ever since. And so what are you teaching now exactly? So I'm in a sport management program at Temple. Uh, And so I've been teaching classes in sport marketing and media. That's my area of expertise since I got here in 2009. Wow. Well, Joe and Chuck have a lot more in common than I even realized. So this is exciting. Well, how about that? Yeah. Well, I was four-year varsity in high school. and Really? Played in co- yeah. Yeah. Love. That's my sport. Volleyball was my sport. Now it's Fantastic. softball, baseball. But, oh, yeah. I always loved the game. And I, I just, my, I have a cousin who is a coach. She holds the record, I think, down in Florida for the most high school wins for a oh, volleyball wow. coach. Really? Yeah. So it's kind of always, I didn't even realize that until after I started playing. And I just fell in love with the game. I was a little on the short side because I'm only like 5'10-ish. Uh, okay. Of course, well, you know, not, so you know. I was a setter. How did you get into coaching? Do you, I, I'm guessing you played in high school and stuff? I, I did. So yeah. my volleyball, when I was in high school uh, there in, in the late 80s, it was a burgeoning high school sport for boys. There were about two dozen or so boys high school programs in the state. And our school was one that started one. And I actually, I didn't really have a spring sport. I played basketball. Mm-hmm. And my math teacher was the volleyball coach when they were starting the, the varsity team. And I found it to be a good way to get in good with my math teacher, to be quite honest. And he said, well, hey, you're tall. You play basketball. You can jump. Why don't you play? And so I played a couple of years in high school varsity and then played a, a club in college and continued to play actually until my knees no longer let me play uh, well into the 2000s. I've had a couple of knee surgeries and, and things that end most people's volleyball careers. But sure. uh, So I, I started coaching because I was hanging around with the women's team at school and I got to know the the assistant coach who had a friend who was looking for a graduate assistant. And, you know, I, I sort of, you know, it's all who, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'm curious. So in high school, what was your season? Cause you said you played basketball as well. Right. So volleyball was the spring for boys Ah, um, interesting. in in Massachusetts. Yeah. And that's what I've seen that in a couple states. Pennsylvania has it. It's a spring sport. Uh Uh, Illinois. When I lived in Illinois, I believe boys volleyball was a spring sport. Maryland, where I because I coached the high school team for a year down there. It was boys volleyball was a spring sport. Ours was winter. 
And interesting. And my math teacher, who was our coach, <laughs> it's getting really That's, weird. It's getting very weird. That is getting really weird. Um, he hit one of his favorite things to do was he'd always wait. And we'd always start late and we'd be like, come on, coach, let's get going. He's like, no, 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 I got a plan. I got a plan. He'd always wait till the last day of basketball tryouts. And he'd put all these signs up in the school that said, did you get cut from the basketball team? Come play volleyball. Brilliant. So, <laughs> brilliant. That's one of the reasons I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. I won't throw my high school under the bus or anything, but our basketball team was never that great. I think because so many people wanted to play volleyball. And so a that's lot of great. the tall guys, we mm-hmm. all played volleyball. Well, I, I wasn't one of them, but... Yeah, so we always had a good volleyball team. That was great. That's interesting. Um, we yeah. weren't, I mean, we were a brand new program. It was, yeah, right. You know, we weren't right. very good, but he had seen me. I was, I, I did track one year and I had gotten taller. I, I grew mm-hmm. like seven inches my first two years of high mm-hmm. school. And so I did the high jump and I did it oh. when I was shorter, but I could always jump pretty well. And I know he had seen that and remembered it. So he was like looking for guys who played basketball and or could jump. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I've loved it. I still coach today. When I was a college coach, I also coached youth club volleyball because that's typically how you do it, sort of supplemental income and things. And mm-hmm. and then when my daughter was born and I was she was a year year and a half, and I decided to get out of coaching in college athletics to go back to school because being an athletic director and a coach at a small D three institution, you're on the road all the time. And yeah. You have no time. Yeah. Right. So because I wanted to free up my time, I went into a PhD program. Right. I mean that seems to be. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't have free time when you're in a PhD program? <laughs> the answer is nobody. Nobody, um, right. And, and the, the woman to whom I'm related by marriage was also in a PhD program at the same time. So maybe not the way to raise a family. But anyway, I was out of volleyball and I said, that was it, cold turkey. I'm going to keep playing, but I'm no longer coaching. And fast forward about 10 and a half years and my daughter was 11 and a half years old. We had just moved to Philly and she's like, hey, I want to play volleyball. Huh. Oh, that's great. And she was really young when I stopped coaching. And so yeah. she had no idea. So yeah. I went and... I was just a dad for the first year and a half, and I was tearing my hair out, yeah. <laughs> biting my tongue. <laughs> right. I couldn't stand it. And so I, and not that I needed to coach her, because I actually only coached her one year, because I always found it healthier for any parent not to coach their own kid. It's mm-hmm. better to be coached by somebody else, different voice, sure. different roles, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. And so now she has been in college. She's a senior in college now, so she hasn't played since 2018. I'm still coaching. So uh-huh. she got me back into it. And oh, I'm, that's I'm, great. I've gotten the bug again and I've coached for the last nine years. That's the one thing I I was an education major in college, my undergrad, and I couldn't wait to, that's the one reason I couldn't wait to become a teacher was so I could coach volleyball. Good coach. Right. Wherever, wherever I ended up working and I'm, I never went into teaching, so I never got any chance to do it. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's all right. uh, I love it. I love coaching it. And and again, there's no pressure when you're, when it's your second job. Right. I mean, I, I I love doing it. And when I stop loving it, then I can just walk away. Yeah. 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 All right. So now I got to know though, because moving around all over, how long were you like in Chicago and places like that where the fandom didn't do you have a soft spot for any of those teams? Even though we know you're diehard Boston. (laughs) Hard no. no. Hard no. I, I mean, well, I shouldn't. My wife is out of earshot because she grew up in Chicago. So I can, you know, I, I mean, I, I will, I can appreciate. Again, mm-hmm. it, the job I have, being, you know, a, a professor in sport marketing, I have to, I'm watching sport nonstop. And right. much to the people in my house chagrin, you know, it's, it, but it's research. I mean, it's literally doing my job. Mm-hmm. And so I have an appreciation for sport of all kinds and all walks of life and different, different fans of different things. But I was in the Boston area till I graduated high school. So the first 18 years of my life. And that stuck with me to the point where if you were to see our basement, there's posters and and memorabilia and and fatheads on the wall, all all (laughs) Boston. 
my son's room has a large eight foot by six foot fat head of Fenway Park. You know, and my kids had a choice because they were born in Maryland and lived in Pennsylvania for the rest of their lives. So they right. had a choice. Well, well, can we pause? Did they really, though? Well, uh, the hammer I was about to drop was they would have had to live somewhere else. Right. I mean, they, you know. yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. So, well, okay. Yeah. And we keep bringing up DC and Maryland. So let's go into your Tony fandom. When did that start? When did you become a little and all that stuff? So when I went to school uh, in 1989, I went to GW and I was a big reader and I, and I loved the newspaper. And the Boston Globe is historically has been one of the best and most well-regarded sports sections uh, of any major American newspaper. And mm-hmm. so back in that day, you didn't have digital access. You didn't have, you, you know, you couldn't get an e-subscription to, to the Boston Globe. So when I was in D.C., I turned to the Washington Post because that's what was there. And so I read it, whether it was in class or on weekends to Sunday. And so I started reading the sports section and the columnists like Will Bond and Tom Boswell and Tony and and followed Tony to the style section. And, you know, because the style section was before, I believe, before the sports section. Mm-hmm. So sort of I started to see, hey, he's, he's here, too. So it really started there from a reading perspective. And then when I left and I didn't know anything, I, I, I don't remember exactly when he started on the radio, but when I left the D.C. area, I was gone from basically from 93 till I returned again in 98. And those five years, I sort of lost touch with that and, you know, didn't listen to anything on the radio. When I came back in 98, for the days of the internet radio, it was an ESPN radio and they had the internet sort of during the breaks and people cursing and, you know, all the different things. Right. <laughs> that iteration of the show. So I started listening to that. And then when he went back to a D.C.-based whatever station he was in D.C., I just sort of the rest is history, so to speak, and picking up with PTI when it started in the early 2000s. And, you know, again, starting a Ph.D. program and being my life has always been immersed in sport, but being my quote-unquote day job is to doing sport management and sport marketing research. ESPN is on 24-7, just yeah. about. So... PTI and then the radio and when you got the podcast delays, I was able to listen to the podcast. But we lived in Maryland from 1998 to 2009. So in that stretch of time, I was pretty much connected to the show in all of the various forms that it was on. Right. It's so weird hearing the people that move around for a job. Yeah. Because in our world, it just could never happen because it's such short term usually that. Right. You know what I mean? It's just it's interesting because if we go to do a show like out on the West Coast for like two or three months, you know, we're obviously living out there, but we don't pick up and move. Right. right. You don't put down roots. You don't pick up. Right. Yeah. We're like subletting our apartments right. and stuff. like that. <laughs> you know, it's right. It, well, yeah. So it was weird for me when I, you know, I went to school at GW. I was in D.C. for four years and then I went to Indiana State for my master's and to coach for a couple of years. And it was a grad assistant coaching job. It, so I was there for two years. And then I went back to D.C. again. Uh, at GW for a year, and then I went to Chicago. So I was never in a place for more than four years yeah. until we moved back to Maryland in wow. 1998. And then it felt like we were there forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got married, had kids, and yep. oh my goodness, like bought a house. I mean, I, yeah, I was right. an adult all of a sudden. And moving, I mean, I haven't moved around as many as some. I mean, certainly if somebody grew up as a military brat or right. those types of things. But uh, I moved enough. But then, you know, when we were in Maryland, at University of Maryland, and, and I mentioned, you know, my wife and I were both getting our PhDs in different different disciplines but we made a decision that we were going to move somewhere i was going to be done first we were going to go somewhere for my job and we were going to go somewhere in such a way that it was strategic that we wouldn't have to move so we wanted to move to a place that had enough different higher education opportunities so we couldn't go somewhere like uh penn state or the larger institutions where there's no other schools around right you know you come come to philadelphia you know within an hour and a half radius there's like 85 schools right Uh, right 
So for us, we didn't want to move around anymore. We wanted our kids to, to be, you know, to grow up wherever Settle, it is, stable, one place. Right. Yep. right. And still know that we would both be able to have a job. So we came here for my job. She didn't have a job, but she got one very quickly. And, and I always joke that we came here for my job. We stay here for hers. Right. <laughs> uh, because she, the, the more important one at her institution, and she, gotcha. frankly, is the more important one at this institution as well. So, <laughs> of course. You know, as just it, how it goes. Yeah, exactly. So. I'm learning quickly. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, listen, Joe, we already have to take a break. You can stick around, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, All right. Sounds good. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, Soli gets to do one of these, so I want to, too. This is Garrett Schumann in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast, and we are here with Joe Mahan. Uh, he's telling us all about his life and moving around, and now we're going to get into some some other topic. <laughs> so, are you sure it's not Mahan, Mahan, Mahoon? Like what? No. You know, it, it depends on. Mahan. Let me check the time of day. That's right. <laughs> it's not Mahan. All right. Well, listen, hopefully Steve Osbolt's still listening to the podcast, and he's going to want to have his ears perked up. No, we're not going to talk about Milwaukee sports. <laughs> Because uh, they're pretty sad, I unfortunately. I, I felt really, you know, it's so funny. Now that we've now that we know, we're, right? We're meeting these people. We feel for them I when do. their team doesn't, especially the diehards. You know, the, we know there's yes. a few diehards, and yeah. he's one of them. Yeah. And I did not but see that coming at all. He had the deer. Fear the deer. Yeah, fear he the had, deer. He had that. They did. Win, they they so. did get the the NBA title yeah. this year. So there's they that. They, they haven't <laughs> suffered that long. Right. 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 <laughs> it's been a couple minutes. But <laughs> no, I mean seriously, you. It's also, you know, it's also baseball because it's such a long season and you hear, you see their fandom all year. And then, like I said, the Braves came out of nowhere. I was, I was shocked. They did. I did not. Yep. Yeah. I did not see that coming. But the reason I brought him up was because as everyone who comes on the podcast, if you haven't yet, why haven't you email us WTFCpodnet at gmail.com and we'll set up a time because mm-hmm. we want to meet everyone and we have you fill out these forms. And you have a very interesting hobby, Joe. That's all I'm going to say. So I'd love to talk about this. You want to tell everyone about your hobby? Sure. I uh, yeah, I make hot sauce. It's I don't know if it's it's somewhere between a hobby and an obsession. <laughs> Although I don't know, maybe maybe that's potato potato. But right. uh, yeah, so I've always liked spicy foods and and things, and that's just just been a thing. Nothing like you know, I'm not going to eat a bunch of habanero peppers just to see how many I can eat. But I, <laughs> right. I do like, I do like things spicy. And so about, let's see, it was 2012. I came across a hot sauce recipe and I have liked to cook and, and, and do different things in the kitchen and experiment with things. And I've been doing that since I went back to, to grad school back in, uh, in the early two thousands. And so this was sort of an extension of that. Like, Hey, let's see if I can make it and hope it doesn't suck. And, my son kind of like, he was too young at the time, but he, he kind of likes spicy stuff, but nobody else in my house does. And oh. so I figured, what the heck, I'd make it. And it's a habanero-based sauce. And, you know, really sort of took off from there. I, I would make it for myself, and then I had some neighbors and friends try it. And this was, you know, what, nine years ago now. And that extended from, to, I started to bottle it a little bit mm-hmm. and put, my, my daughter came up with a, it was like uh, Average Joe's ass-kicking hot sauce, I think was the, was the, <laughs> You know, my, I mean, she was like, she was like 13 at the time and she thought <laughs> ass kicking was like, you know, the worst curse word in the world. Right. So, so I let her run with it and we, we made that and I, I hand out some bottles to some friends. I've got a neighbor who is a similar interest as I with, with hot stuff. And 
so I started tinkering with the, with the recipe a little bit to make it mine. And in 2015, I decided to start growing some of my own peppers in my backyard. And I don't have, I mean, I'm in suburbia, so I don't have a huge plot. I have a garden box like you would see in the city on somebody's right. patio. Mm-hmm. And I got six or seven plants, you know, like from the, you know, the local home improvement store kind of thing. And they grew well. And it was habaneros and jalapenos. And that was the base of the sauce. And I shared it with some more people and they started to like it. And fast forward a couple of years, I started growing Carolina Reapers and Maruga Scorpion, ghost peppers, some of the hottest peppers in the world. Yeah. Because I wanted to sort of take it up a few notches. And then I, three years ago, I started to bottle it for real. I got like the shrink wrap and the five ounce woozy bottles with the little drip cap. And I came up with a better name, I thought. No disrespect to my daughter, but, you know, tinkering with some labels and things and, you know, started to make different variations of it. So I, I make a, a basic sauce that's called Rhymes with Orange, and it's habanero base with a couple jalapenos and some other things in there. And, you know, it's it's pretty hot, but not crazy. Like, it, right. you can still taste your food when you, which mm-hmm. is what I was going for. And then I make a couple hotter. I've got a Fight Club uh, version. <laughs> Um, and, and I call it fight club because it's just a mix of peppers and it's the first rule of fight club is we don't talk about fight club. So I don't tell anybody what the, what the mix of peppers are, but, Uh. um, and then angry man, angry man, hot sauce is the hottest I make, which pretty much is my persona in life. You know, angry man, just (laughs) being a mat, being a mass hole and being a professor (laughs) and dealing, dealing with 18 to 21 year olds Uh year round. Um, you get to be an angry man. So those are the three sauces I make. But anyway, I, I've sort of developed this into Again, the woman to whom I'm related by marriage would say it's an obsession to where when I'm making the sauce, I have to do it. I have to schedule it around people being out of the house Oh, um, because the fumes get oh, to yeah. a point. I mean, these are these are some serious peppers. They're yep. habaneros. And if you know anything about the Scoville scale, habaneros are like 350,000 units, which is like sort of middle of the road. Everything I use is north of that. Wow. Um, you know, like a uh, million and a half Scoville units, two million Scoville units, that kind of thing. Do you have to so wear goggles or anything when you're... You know, I, I, there's there's a, do you have to and do you? I think they're two different questions. <laughs> Probably should and you ago, don't. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yes, they uh, always always protect the eyes. But yeah. no, I don't, but I also know enough to not touch my eyes. Yeah, well, I was going to sure. say, go ahead. Um, tell yeah. us, how often does that happen? Right. It's had to happen once, um, right? It, oh, it's happened a couple times. Yeah. I, I still will do it every once in a while, although not... Because I now wear gloves. I wear oh, okay. just regular latex or whatever surgical gloves. Yeah, which they sell in food supply stores and sure. you know everywhere else yeah. you can get them. But so I, I do that now because the, the peppers that I am dealing with again, a Carolina Reaper is the hottest pepper in the world. It's, yeah, it will do some damage. And I do eat pieces of them. I haven't eaten a whole pepper because, frankly, I don't <laughs> have a death wish. But <laughs> but I enjoy it. And so last year during the pandemic, I actually I was on sabbatical from from my job and. I wanted to find a way to sort of fill the time, right? Yeah. Nobody I work with is going to hear this either. So <laughs> I was like, okay, well, how am I going to? So I, I decided to, I had been bottling it. I had some you know, labels designed and things in the shrink wrap. And I put it out on social media that I was selling these and not as a business per se, but to raise money for Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. my, my, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's a couple of years ago and thought it's as good a cause as any. And, yeah. and uh, so I ended up, for me, small batch in that each batch I make makes about five, five ounce bottles. And I sold about 65 bottles last year and I gave away another 10 to 15. I mean, I I was, you know, I made a ton of batches across the the summer and fall and I got people all over the country. I got some international 
request as well, but I paying for postage myself. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think we got to keep it domestic. But yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Wow, I did not realize how big a hobby this was. This is a, that's amazing. I'm actually the the next step of this, the next iteration. And again, because I'm out of earshot of those people in my house, I can say this. I do want to do it as a sort of a true side hustle. I mean, you know, you can't continue to to sell food stuff without having some sort of OSHA. Uh, guidelines or whatever right. you know, registered with the state and that kind of thing. I mean, again, everything I do is pretty you know, top sauce. It's going to kill anything that would be in there anyway, but it is, it's fun. And, and I do sort of donate money for, for the bottles. There's still, it's either friends or friends of friends. It really hasn't gotten to the point sure. where I'm giving it to complete you don't strangers. You have a website and stuff or anything like that. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's all through, all through social media. And, you know, and again, it's, you know, I'm sort of calling it sauces for causes and, and, uh, oh, and nice. you know, sort of expanding that. And, you know, right now it's, I guess sauce for cause because it's really one sauce and one cause, but you got to, you got to build in the expansion. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, that has a nice ring to it. So, yeah, well, Joe, this has been great. I mean, believe it or not, we're almost out of time already. We pride ourselves on these fun, dumb questions. I hope that's okay. Is that all right? If we throw some your way, I don't think it would be a loyal littles podcast without them. Right. (laughs) That's what we feel. (laughs) All right. Who would play you in a movie of your life? I'm not going to lie. I thought about this one because, Well, because I've heard it before, right, so, right, from you know on the, on the podcast, it's hard to hard to say this without sounding too arrogant. But George Clooney, <laughs> oh. if not George Clooney, I would say Matt Damon, only because Matt Damon yeah. could do the accent that right. I fall into yeah. when I've been drinking. That's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's one of those two. Where they pock the cars? Is that pock the cars? Yeah, yeah, that's uh-huh. that's that's, uh-huh. that's not too bad. That's yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Still not yeah. Revere, but you know, I had a cousin. Oh, it's not, it's not I had Revere. A, yeah. it's not Revere. <laughs> I had a cousin who asked my dad when he was a kid, what's an ah? What's an ah? That was pretty great. Okay, who's your favorite athlete? Favorite athlete? If you have one. I would have to say because played during my formative years uh, in Boston, Larry Bird. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of right answers to that question, but sure. I think Larry Bird. That's a me, solid. That's even a though, solid answer. <laughs> yeah, I've drifted away from the Celtics a little bit, but you know, when he played, I was in middle school and high yeah. school and played basketball, and it was just, and the Celtics were great, and you know, yeah. so yeah, that mm. that would be that. Yeah. All right, and if you could live in any TV home, what would it be? Any TV home. Now we've kind of upgraded this to TV or movie, and you have the option of living with the family or just the home. Huh. What about the Simpsons house? Can I do that? Yeah. Yeah, why Absolutely. Not? <laughs> now, are they with you or no? Well, I don't know. If I'm a cartoon, why not, right? Yeah, right. Well, sure. To be able to come in through the garage and, and everything changes as you go through and jump on the couch. I think that's, you know, to me. Oh, that's, yeah. Well, that'd be classic, home, right? of course. Well, and since you <laughs> since you brought it up, if you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would it be? Oh, would it? I mean, I guess Bart Simpson would be my answer to that just because. Oh, okay. Oh, I, well, I thought maybe you were going to pick someone from another world to join the Simpsons. I guess I could do that, but uh, well, you no, don't I have I, to. The thing with Bart to me is always no repercussions, right? right. You can yeah. you can act like an idiot and, and yeah. always get away with it. That, that to me is a perfect, perfect day. All right. <laughs> if you could host a game show, what would it be? Host a game show. I guess Jeopardy. That's probably been, I don't want to be like Aaron Rodgers, but <laughs> he's a little too cool trying to approach hosting of Jeopardy. But I, that's just a game show I've liked since I was a kid. Cool. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. I think like 99% of people that answer that question say Jeopardy. I know. And then I'm really? over here saying yeah. I would I would host Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would be Vanna White. I think that would be. I've always thought I'd be Vanna White. <laughs> it's interesting, though. Turn, 
that's, that's those letters. Yep. Yeah. Well, now she just touches them. Oh, don't get oh, right. started. No, that would be in my contract. I would say, okay, I will be the next Vanna White, but you have to go back to the turning letters. That's right. Yeah. The old school board. That's yes. Yes. Old school board. All right, Joe. Well, thank you so much for coming on and meeting the Littles. We really appreciate the time. Is there anything we can plug for you? How can we get in touch with you? So I am on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter. I use it for work at Dr. Underscore Marshmallow. <laughs> Instagram is the same handle. I'm on Facebook as well, but not nearly as much. I just click like you on can Facebook. See space right now. I'm sorry. Marshmallow? Yeah. We're, we're going to go on a limb here and say there's a story, right? There is a story. Yeah, I don't know if we have time for the story. Sure. Give the, give the quick story. It's our so podcast, we'll do whatever we want. Uh, <laughs> that's right. So, Doctor underscore Marshmallow. Is that what it was? That is the Twitter handle. Yes. Okay. And the, so the origin story of Doctor Marshmallow was when I went back to grad school. When I went to a PhD again, my kids were well. My daughter was already born, and my son was born while I was in grad school. And like any parent who was in at the time in his thirties, who has no time when they're a parent and a student and teaching didn't work out near as much as I needed to. So I got a little soft around the edges. So my, I can't remember if it was the woman to whom I'm related by marriage or if it was my daughter who mentioned it first, but somebody said, I said something about being puffy or soft. And they said, oh, like a marshmallow. (laughs) So they started, my family started calling me Mr. Marshmallow. And and so it, it went on for a little bit and then dropped. My son was too young for that. And then when I, when I graduated my PhD and 2008, it was either the day of graduation or not long after when my daughter, who was about eight at the time, said, do we have to call you Dr. Marshmallow now? Ah. And I said, well, yes, of course you do. (laughs) And and there it was. The Twitter handle was born in 2009, and it's pretty much a persona I've embraced. So I use Twitter enough, like with my students, we do class assignments through Twitter and different things. So all of my students know Dr. Marshmallow and uh, a lot of my colleagues across the sport management discipline know Dr. Marshmallow. So I've just sort of owned it. Well, Joe, we can't thank you enough again for the time. We really appreciate it. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Uh, Both, I guess. You're adaptable. Well, yeah, I I guess growing up it was over. Mm -hmm. I I tend to go under if I'm being honest with all of the littles, as I should be. Okay. Half of our household are left-handed. So, and not me, but the other half of my household is left-handed. And I think that has something to do with it. Some prefer over, some prefer under. I think handedness has something to do with that. That's my my theory. My, but I think it's a very interesting theory. I'm not saying it's correct. I'm not saying it's wrong. Oh, I've not tested it. I've not tested it. It's just maybe a hypothesis. It's a hypothesis. But that's something that's never come up on the Loyal Littles (laughs) podcast before. Maybe left (laughs) hand, maybe southpaws like it one way. Littles, let us know. Write us in. This is interesting. I think think you might. We need a study. You could be onto something here. All right. <laughs> oh, I love scientific experiments. Right. No, but it's something I would have never even thought of. Yeah. Because I could see where if it was on your right and your left hand, it, it might be annoying or whatever. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's in front of you. Instead. Anyway, interesting. All right. <laughs> there you go. More than people want to think about right. how to put their toilet paper. No, this is But everything. it is a hot topic. This right? is everything they want to think about. <laughs> right. That's, that is a fair point. That, that has to do with our podcast at least. So, all right, Joe. Thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Hey, Chuck Roxy, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. All right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Don from Biloxi, Mississippi. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast from the WTFC Podcast Network. 
Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. And thank you, Joe Mahan, for coming on. I said that right, right? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Joe Mahan, Mahan, Mahoon. What were what the other ones? I forget what his professor said. Mahan. Mahan, yeah. Some, no. It's Joe Mahan. Yes. Joe Mahan, thank you so much for coming on and meeting the Littles. Fun times. He might have even opened up a whole new door to yeah. who knows what. In the toilet paper world. I know. I'm telling you, if he can somehow prove this left-handed... Yeah, people write in. Let us know your thoughts. Let's discuss. Yeah, because I just think people needed to know where I was... When I did the re-listen, I was like, maybe I wasn't exactly clear, you know, because obviously all bathrooms are set up differently. Right. And sometimes you have the toilet paper on your left. Sometimes you have it on your right. Sometimes you have it in front of you. Sometimes, I don't know where you get it from. But anyway, (laughs) those are the three, I would think, ideal choices. And I'm starting to think about it. If it was on my left... That might annoy me being right-handed. So I think we're on to something, but we'll wait till we hear from the Littles. Yeah. Now, Roxy, we didn't get into, there was one more show that you were excited about. Yes. I wanted to just make sure you gave it a quick little, we're not going to go too much into it, but right. it's uh, one of those baking shows, It's cook the shows, Great right? British Baking oh, Show. Oh, it's the. With Paul Hollywood. Is it the greatest? Uh, it might be the. The Great British Baking Show, but it's not the. It you don't emphasize the it. Okay, anyway. All right. You don't so, emphasize it. So it's back. It's back. I didn't realize. I discovered this over the weekend on my day off that season nine is coming out. We've got the first couple episodes. Now, if you're not watching this, Claire, I'm especially I'm <laughs> speaking to you. You need to, at least for the first, for the opening of the first episode of season nine. It is effing brilliant. Whoa. And... Paul Hollywood. That's all I have to say. You need to watch it. Okay. So it's like the very beginning. It's like the yeah, first five minutes yeah, yeah, of the yeah. first episode. Yeah. Oh, so that's easy. It's, I might even it's watch It's ridiculous. That. Well, I think it's good. No. Oh. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, what the hell am I going to watch it for? <laughs> but you see a lot of smolder coming from those eyes. And Whoa. Oof. All right. Oof. Well, one thing I would like to thank you for and also me? curse you. Yes. All right. <laughs> Roxy made me cookies. They're amazing. They're yeah. so moist. So moist. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> no, they are. And I... I no, these are... The, this is a family recipe. What are they? Chocolate chip oatmeal? Yeah, but it's more than that. Well, it's of course. better than that. And I, but I've never that done that. That does not do it justice. For me growing up, I either had oatmeal or right. chocolate chip. Now, yeah. do you, you didn't put raisins in them, right? No. no. Well, because there's chocolate chips. Well, no, but our oatmeal, my mom always put raisins in Mm-mm. them. Oh, yeah. It's good. No, no, no. This is oatmeal and raisin, and it's the perfect... Oh, amount of each. I have to say. These Plus are, some other secret ingredients. This and your potato salad are my two favorite things. Yeah, but I've been bombing the potato salad Yeah, recently. but we don't need to get into that. Okay. But that's okay. So they're amazing, but they're very moist. And I like that. <laughs> and the reason I'm saying that over and over is because we know that's a trigger word for some. Yes. But Roxy bringing that up because Roxy found yeah. one the other night. We're watching the baseball game. I mean, it makes me giggle every time, but like not in a good way. Well, because you were saying how moist doesn't bother you at all. It doesn't bother me at, at, all. All. at all. And I've been trying to figure out, okay, what words bother me or what phrases bother me well i found it <laughs> and it is the word penetrate penetrate penetration it's just so disgusting <laughs> really i don't know it's not and a- it doesn't have to be in a certain connotation just any use of the word in general like like i said we were watching a baseball game maybe it was football and they, or football game and they were whatever they were a penetrating sports, a sports game <laughs> of some sort and they used this word seamlessly but i was just like Ugh. it just ew you i, I thought Ugh. it was hilarious because i'm like what's wrong and you were like no that's not uh, that's she's the like word. that's the word that's, that's the, word. the word that's my moist <laughs> i think is what you said actually so yeah i just oh it's weird I, I just it doesn't bother me <laughs> Ooh, that one bothers me that's hilarious a lot 
So, Roxy, I have one more quick story I just wanted okay. to tell before we uh, get out of here. And it's another one you can just make fun of me for. But Roxy was excited because I finally, it took me almost a year and a half, but I finally went to buy a new pair of shoes because I've needed new tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. Or is that what they're called? Sneakers, tennis shoes? Sneakers. I call them tennies. Tennies. Okay. Sneaks. Running Kicks. shoes is what I used to because mm-hmm. I used to be an avid runner. And quick shout out, Kim Wilson, two L's for completing her first full marathon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bucket list, as she said. That's amazing. And I completely understand Congratulations. it. I did one about 10 years ago, bucket list yeah. item. Probably My cousin just again. did the Boston Marathon. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Roxy burying the lead. How about that? So anyway, I just had one little thing. This is funny to me. I don't know why. Now, of course, in true Chuck fashion, I'm not going to throw anything out, probably. Oh, my so, gosh. Well, I did throw one pair out. I had to. So now I'm going to throw, I threw one out. But okay. the other one, well, no, because Roxy. All right. So I usually buy running shoes because I'm still into it, but not like I was. Mm-hmm. I'm not running marathons. Right. But I don't like to, when I go somewhere, like if I'm going to like a softball game, mm-hmm. I don't want to wear my good shoes because right. what if we get stuck in the rain or something like that? You know, I always sure. try to like wear my old shoes that I'm just wearing to go to the field and back sure. kind of thing. Okay. That makes well, sense. I needed shoelaces. Mm-hmm. Not one, not two, not three, four. Four or five stores. I went into these are shoe stores. Now mm-hmm. I don't understand this. Shoe stores that don't sell shoelaces. That's blasphemy. That's a thing now, apparently. They looked at me like I was an idiot. I'm like, I'd walk into like just any old shoe but store. But they sell shoes that have shoelaces well, on of course. them. So they should sell sh- they should sell shoelaces. Okay, funny you say that, because I agree with you one hundred percent. Then I kind of been talking to some people about this. Okay. Okay. It's the equivalent, they said, of a car dealership. Not selling gas. Oh, well. They have gas I probably to fill their cars, but they don't yeah. sell it to the like consumer. Now, I think that's ridiculous. I don't because, think I would go that far. But you do need shoelaces for shoes unless you have the Velcro and stuff. But you yeah. definitely need gas for cars. And at mm-hmm. the car dealership where you buy the car, they don't sell gas. Mm-hmm. Now, you know me. I, I see what you're I saying. I always have the open mind. I go right down the middle. Roxy hates it. So I'm kind of understanding this. And it made my life a little bit better. I just think that's... Too extreme of a leap. Oh, I agree. To go from shoelaces to gas. As I said to you from the moment we started this conversation, <laughs> I'm with you on this. I think I was couldn't believe yeah. that four different shoe stores didn't sell. Even the, the store I bought the shoes at didn't have shoelaces. Now, they had them obviously in the pair of shoes I was buying. Right. But I mean, you know, just to buy extras to yeah. buy in case you break them. Right. Yeah. Couldn't even... I'm going to throw them under the bus, kind of. Went to Target. Target doesn't sell shoelaces. Which actually, that I could understand a little bit more because this particular Target in the city, the Targets are a little different. Yeah. They're smaller. Obviously, they have to fit on a city block kind of thing. And they don't sell shoes. Right. So that I could kind of understand. I did think they would have them, though. Mm -hmm. I really did. Mm -hmm. But that I sort of understood because they didn't have shoes. So why would you sell shoelaces? But it's really weird. It was unbelievable to me. I literally went to... And the funny part about this entire story is I'm envisioning these clerks, these millennials clerks that I must be like Tony Kornheiser. I'm looking like Tony Kornheiser. I'm like this <laughs> old man, which I'm not that old, but curmudgeon. I, well, I was just like, I'm looking at them like, am I stupid here? Like you sell <laughs> shoes. Why don't you sell shoelaces? And I'm not saying you even yeah. have to have like hundreds of sizes and varieties and colors, but I feel like you should sell a standard shoelace to yeah. a company, something to get you through. Right. Even if it's something just in case you need to. This, this reminds me, although not as bad as the time we went looking for galoshes for you. All right. Let's not go there. <laughs> Roxy, look at the time. It's time to get out of here. That's a good story, though. Maybe another time. Yeah. That was early on in our dating process. 
Yeah, that's a good story, Galoshes. actually. Galoshes. <laughs> How are you still with me? I don't know. How is that possible? Because you make me laugh every day. Oh, that's sweet. And that's important. Roxy, tell everyone <laughs> how they can get in touch with us, please. You can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, the Loyal Littles Podcast. And you make me laugh every day, too. Aww. And don't forget, if you like this disgusting mushiness right, that's <laughs> happening right now, head on over to iTunes and Apple and give us a nice rate and review over there. We really appreciate it. A big thank you to Joe Mahan. Mm-hmm. I love that I'm saying that right. For coming on as our Meet the Littles guest and giving us this big drama we're going to have now in the toilet experiment. paper conversation. The experiment. Well, you called it a scientific experiment. The big scientific experiment. We have to come up with a name for it, I think. The big scientific experiment. <laughs> and also thank you, Sully from Boston, Garrett Schumann. Mm-hmm. Did I say that one right? Yes, you did. I'm on fire today. And Don Hammock this week for our bumpers. We really appreciate those. And remember, if you want to send one in, feel free. Just email us or let us know and we'll get in touch with you. And it, it literally takes a minute. Yeah. It literally takes a minute. That's yeah. it. And last but not least... Shout out Eric Londrigan. Good job out of you drawing Mr. Allentown. All right, Roxy, let's get out of here. If you are out shopping for shoelaces tonight, don't forget to use the code. Well, how about that? Love's all around the joy of sound that's beckoning me. I've come to the strings, my voice fails me on expressing these things. Life breaks us down, but oh, I'm strong, or so I would think. But lately truths have got me struck with fear, and I can't help but flee. Oh, I know if I hide, I'm just biding my time Oh, it comes and goes The noise all around me feels hollow and empty My heart attacks, I feel so sad While I cheer and laugh and smile back I hope you know all for show There's a fight that comes back like a heart attack To be strong, to be brave It's what gets me past I know It's all for show Turned off the lights 
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.